Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 220 of the Life Made to Order podcast. You can't control other people's perceptions of you. And this podcast was inspired by a situation I experienced just a mere few hours ago. And one of the reasons it's important to really internalize this, not just intellectually accept, which is where most of us get stuck with all of this wisdom, and then it doesn't really, it kind of remains useless to us, is because other people in various ways, they're some of our biggest barriers to doing this work. We worry about what other people think about us. We worry we're going to hurt people's feelings. We worry all these, right? It's always about other people in some way. We worry we're going to get criticized and judged and we're worried about we're going to do something that's going to create a conflict and someone's going to say stuff to us that's going to hurt our feelings. And this really hinders our growth in countless ways because, right, the, to the ego mind, these are all horrible things that we don't want to experience. And in trying to avoid that, it's hard to make a lot of deep energetic transformations. It's hard to make the decisions that will benefit you to do the things that you know you need to do to take the next steps you need to take. Obviously, it's going to cause you a lot of emotional distress. You're going to worry about what people think of you and worrying about how they perceive you and trying to explain yourself all the time or trying to get people to see things your way and make sure that they're, they know your intentions and your motivations and blah, blah, blah. And again, there's just a lot of pain there. There's a lot of unnecessary fretting and it's just going to get in the way in lots of ways. So the experience that happened with me today was I had a consultation call for coaching and it's funny because when the, the, the questionnaire came through, right away, I, I got a feeling that this person wasn't going to be a, a fit and it, they weren't going to end up signing up. Now, it wasn't anything, obviously, it was no judgment of them personally. I don't know this person. This is some stranger, right, that sent me a, a, a questionnaire through the internet. But it's just an intuitive feeling. I could tell by some of the things they said. I just, again, you can't explain feelings. You can't break them down. So I just had that feeling. But you know, and that's pretty rare when that happens. Most people that come to me for coaching, they're very resonant with my material. They're looking to work with just me specifically. They're not necessarily like interviewing coaches in a similar niche or whatever. And they're really like, they're really on board. And the consultation call is really just a formality because they've already decided they want to move forward. Now on rare occasions, I'll get people that that's not the case. And I felt that this was going to be one of those people. Again, there was no judgment or criticism of this person. I didn't know them. I can't break down an intuitive feeling. I even felt so strongly about it that I was actually thinking about canceling the call before they even I even had it. And then I'm thinking like, uh, there's really no good reason for me to do that. Like that would be weird. And of course, I was probably worried. I didn't want to like hurt their feelings or something, right? So I started having the call with them and right away I could tell, again, there's no criticism or judgment of this person because that's not what it is. It was just, I could feel right away it wasn't a match. I could tell by some of the things the person was saying and we were getting into the call and she started asking about processes and all these specifics about stuff that's like, that's not really how I work with people. So I could, right away, again, that was the red flag of being overly concerned with the process. I could tell she was overly concerned with not really the inner transformation, but just trying to change her energy so she could get what the stuff she wanted. And I could tell that she was in a lot of pain about her circumstances. And I, I, and I empathize with that. I don't judge people in that space because I've been in that space. 
So we talked a little bit more and then she started talking about, well, can I sign up for fewer sessions or like, can I get like a test session to kind of get an idea of your process and what you do and you can outline what this journey is going to look like. And again, all of this stuff that I'm like, yeah, this is not going to be a fit because when people don't want to sign up right at the end of that call, I don't take them on as clients. And again, this is very rare. This is maybe only the third time this has happened. Because again, I have a pretty strong uh, clarity about the type of people I want to attract. Um, you know, I, I create so much content. People have a really, really good sense of my work and my perspectives before they even come to me. And again, they're already kind of like, yeah, let's do this. You've already really been helping me. I know like this one-on-one -on -one coaching will take that all to the next level. So this is not about trying to pressure people into making a decision and being like, no, you have to decide now. I never have to do that with these people. They're like... Anyone that ever needed even the slightest bit of convincing, I'm not interested in that because I really, I'm really about wanting that match. So I said to her, I'm like, listen, I was like, I totally understand your thought process. And I know that a lot of people, this is how they might go about selecting a coach. But I'm like, when people tell me that, I, I know that it's not a match and I won't do any of that. I'm not going to give another test session or I'm not going to give a, a whatever. I'm like, trust me when I say this, this is not a criticism. This is not a rejection of you. I just know when people feel that way, I know it's not a match. I've been doing this long enough to know. And if we're not a match, I don't want to waste your time with test sessions or more, you know, prolonging this call with asking all these questions that I actually really can't answer for you because you want all these about processes and what are you going to do with me? And again, that fixation on the action, that's not people in that headspace. Again, it's nothing wrong with it, but that's not how I operate. And people in that space would probably just find working with me extremely frustrating because I'm not going to be giving their ego mind what they want. And I could tell that she was getting a bit angry because she was feeling, um, like I was criticizing her process of choosing a coach. And I felt, I'm sure that, I know I can't be in her head, but I'm sure, especially given some of the issues she was telling me she was dealing with, maybe there was a part of her that felt like maybe I was rejecting her or I was criticizing her in some way. And I could tell she was getting a little upset and the, her connection was very bad. So there was a lot of like, you know, talking over each other in a way of, uh, you know, because like there was a delay with the audio and I'm sure she might have thought I was interrupting her or whatever. And I was, you know, pretty calm. I found myself getting a little agitated, you know, I'm human, but because um, she just kept wanting to defend her position of why she wanted to do all of that. And it's like, well, it's a big investment and this and that. And I'm like, no, I'm like, listen, I totally understand how you feel. And there's probably most coaches would probably be like, Oh yeah, no problem. Well, let's do a, a test session and let's, you know, answer your questions to me. And again, this is not a judgment of coaches that do that, but in my, my perception of things, to, if I were to do that, that's like coming from lack, scarcity, consciousness, um, wanting to uh, demonstrate feeling I need to demonstrate my value. And if she was questioning whether or not I'm good at what I do and wanting to prove to her that I am all of that energy is that's icky, shitty ugh, energy. Again, if it's not a full body, hell yes, by the end of that call, I will not take them on as a client. And like I said, this has only happened, a, like maybe this is maybe the second or third time. So it's a very rare occurrence. But when it does happen, I do stand firm on that because I know it's not a match. And she, by the end of the call, it kind of went on for a few minutes. And I was just trying to tell her, I'm like, listen, this is not a criticism of you. I'm not criticizing you or saying there's anything wrong. And she said that my perception, you know, her, my criticism of her wanting to 
test the waters and all these different things. She said, uh, my perspective was demeaning to her. I was demeaning. She said, that's a very demeaning way to, and then she basically like kind of hung up on me. She's like, okay, thank you. Bye. And I'm like, all right, peace. See ya. You know? And the word demeaning stuck out to me because I'm like, that's a really strong word. All I was saying was based on my experience doing this work, when people and how I, again, other coaches might not do stuff like this. You, everyone rolls how they roll and other coaches might be like, yeah, sure. No problem. That's fine too. I don't do that because again, I'm all about the intuition, the resonance. And if someone is, is not sure, and if they, the consultation call isn't a good enough sense and then they want another session to, to see what I'm about, I'm like, I'm telling you what I'm about right now. You said you read my blog. I have hundreds of blog posts, over 200 podcasts, right? All this stuff. So if after all that, someone's still like, yeah, I'm not really sure, then it's it's not a fit. They might not see it that way. And again, they might have taken it as some kind of criticism, as a rejection. Maybe they thought I was trying to pressure. Maybe she perceived me as trying to pressure her into making a decision, which that wasn't even it at all. Because I basically said, I'm like, if that's how you feel, then I'm like, you know, we'll, we'll part ways now. And, you know, you can go find, you know, especially if she said she was interviewing other coaches. I'm like, you know, you'll find one. And I'm like, you know, I recommend really pay attention to that intuitive resonance. Don't make it an intellectual, logical type decision. And again, that pushed her buttons a little bit. She's like, no, I think it should be that type of decision. Okay, fine, no problem. But that's not how I personally operate and we're not a fit. Again, nothing personal. But her perception of me saying this was I was demeaning her. Again, that's a very strong word for me to just say, you know what, I operate differently. And when people aren't sure, I just really think it's not a match. And again, my intent was my intention to demean her or make her feel bad about herself or criticize her not in the slightest but she perceived it as a criticism of her process which was different than mine and different than the type of clients I work with was demeaning to her again very strong word in my mind I was like wow I'm like that was really a harsh word to use I'm like that's how she really felt I wasn't even doing anything close to that but I can't control her perception because whatever that my saying that to her clearly triggered something very deep within her, probably stuff with, you know, she was struggling with relationships, maybe rejection or not feeling good enough or feeling like something's wrong with you. And then feeling like, because I didn't agree with her perception or I thought, you know, there was a better way to evaluate whether a coach or a resource was right for you was different than hers. I was demeaning her opinion, not just her opinion. I was demeaning her as a person. What the hell do you do with that? Right. And I didn't get into all of that with her. I'm like, that's not my intention at all. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. And then, you know, the call ended and whatever. But again, this is a really good example of like, you can't control people's perceptions no matter how careful you are with wording something, no matter how good you try to explain yourself, no matter how sure you are that what you're doing is right for you and you can convince other people that you know what you're doing and you should, uh, they should support you and agree with you and not criticize you, good luck with that, right? You can't do anything about it. And like I said before, our worries about other people in various ways, they're one of our biggest barriers to this work, to transformation, to making the changes and decisions we know that will benefit us because this creates an extreme amount of discomfort. Now, of course, I'm not some super enlightened being. So a little part of me was like, 
not thinking I was truly being demeaning because I know I, that was not the case at all. But a little part of me felt bad that I thought I hurt her feelings and I, that she thought I was perhaps rejecting her. Or she took it personally, you know, my, my thoughts on, on the matter. But again, that was not my intention at all. It was really to help her see, you know what, I'm not really the fit for you. You actually said you're interviewing other coaches, which again, to me, that suggests there wasn't the strong resonance with me in particular. It was more about looking for coaching in general and then right kind of looking at all her options. And again, I'm not judging that. I know people do that sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. But if she was still feeling like, well, I'm not sure, it's, it's just not a match, right? There's not that intuitive emotional resonance or else she wouldn't be feeling that way. So it's, but then I'll write, she saw it as, as a criticism and, and I can't, and just me saying, you know what, I feel like there's, you know, maybe, um, a, the best way in my opinion to evaluate those sorts of resources, right. Is like that deep emotional resonance. It's not something you really make from an intellectual, logical perspective. That's all I was saying. Right. But she interpreted it a completely different way. And she obviously was a bit angry about it. And Again, I can't, I couldn't control her perception of it. I was just trying to help her by showing her, you know what, trust me on this one. If you feel this way, I'm not the right fit for you. I want you to find the best fit for you. You need help right now. You're serious about getting that help. Obviously, if you're interviewing coaches, you want to make sure you're working with the best person for you. If you're feeling that way energetically, it means I'm not that person. I don't want to waste your time with another session. I don't want to take your money for some single session one-off so you can test the waters. I don't want to waste your time. I want to let you get to the business of finding the coach or whatever other resource is going to be best for you in this moment. That was my only intention. My intention was towards her, right? It was loving and trying to be of service, but she interpreted it as some sort of maybe criticism and rejection. And I, I was demean, demeaning her point of view and her as a person. I mean, I'm sure anyone listening to this, recounting this, this conversation, I, I'm sure most people will be like, yeah, that's probably how I wouldn't, demeaning, yeah, pretty strong word, right? So again, we can't control other people's perceptions, no matter how hard we try. Because even me telling her, it's, it's really nothing personal. And please know that it's not a criticism of your process or you know, a criticism of other coaches that would, you know, submit to those requests you know again I'm not criticizing any of that it's just that's not how I work personally and it's nothing personal to anybody so if I were to tell people that their uncertainty is a, a big red flag to me that we're not resonant on that emotional intuitive level that's meant to help them not waste their time working with a coach that's probably not what they need right now and anyone that's truly really resonant with my work and if any of you listening to this have worked with me before coaching or maybe you've done some of my group calls or whatever, you know, you've personally kind of connected with me. You kind of see how I roll. My work is, you know, I focus a lot on law of attraction manifestation and because I know most people, they're most of us, our primary concern, right, is this outside world. But I try to help people see that's not really your problem. It's not really where you want to focus. But know that the part of you that cares about all of that, that all gets taken care of anyway. My work is all about people that want to go deeper into their mind, clear their emotional shit, and make this process as easy as it's supposed to be. Because I use the word process a lot, but it's really not much of a process at all. Because a process implies steps and strategies and A to B to C to get to D. And it's nothing like that at all. It's just sometimes the words... Uh, that we use aren't the greatest at representation, but there's, you know, there's can be limits to describing this work, you know, in a, in these, the language that we use and the kind of words that we use. So 
that's, again, I can't control that perception. However, she felt about it, if she felt criticized or she felt I was trying to pressure her or I was telling her maybe she perceived it as me trying to tell her I knew, uh, um, thinking uh, I know how she thinks and feels and I, I know better than her. Whatever it was, right? She took it, you know, again, the word demeaning, that's a really strong word. And I was like, shit, I'm like, that's a strong word. I'm like, what do you even say to that? can't control the perception though. I was trying to help her. I was trying to let her know that, you know, we're not a fit. I'm not what you need. I was trying to give her some guidance on, you know, trying to, you know, find that best fit for her. That is not how she perceived it at all. And we have to get comfortable with this idea because everyone has their own filter that's comprised of, that's based on their own very unique blend of beliefs, perceptions, the type of parents they had, the culture they grew up in, um, the kind of schooling they received, their religious background, all of these different things, right, that combine to make this very unique filter that may be very different from your filter. So where I was just trying to help her, she perceived it as, you know, again, the criticism and, and demeaning her point of view or whatever. Again, whatever her filter is, I don't know what her filter is. I don't know what's going on in her mind. I can't control how she receives the information. And in, with my work too, if I say something that offends somebody or just seems like I'm criticizing, that's never my intention either, but I can't control how it's going to be perceived. If I say something, for example, in this podcast or in a blog post that's, you know, trying to get, you know, I try to do real talk with people here about what's really going on and, and you know, trying to get people to really see the truth and, and empower them, they might perceive it as, wow, that's pretty blunt or that's mean or that's... um you know, not being sympathetic to people or whatever, right? Again, I can't control how people perceive the words that come out of my mouth or the the right the words that I write on a, on a blog post. It's totally out of my control. I know what my intentions are. We can know what our intentions are. We can know what our motivations are. We can know what we're trying to accomplish by saying something or, or having a, in a conversation we're having with a person. But again, that doesn't mean shit as far as how, whether that person's actually going to see it the same way. I'm sure a lot of you have experienced this being on both ends of the of both ends of this experience. You were the person being misunderstood and you were the person that was misunderstanding, right? And getting all bent out of shape. I remember with my husband, I still even do this sometimes, not as much anymore because I'm aware of it. A lot of times he would just be so loving and trying to help me and, and, and be truthful with me. Again, he's all about the real talk too. And I would perceive it as he's criticizing me. Was he criticizing me? Absolutely not. He was just being loved and trying to help me and be real with me in a, a loving, gentle way, never in a harsh way. But my own filter of my self-esteem issues or my self-criticism or my frustrations with myself, how did I perceive that love as criticism? You're criticizing me. Nothing I ever do is good enough for you. I feel like I try so hard. Sorry, I'm not as advanced. Like that was always my thing. My, one of my favorite things I would always say to him is like, yet again, I have to remind you that I'm not as advanced as you and I'm sorry that I'm just a normal human being, right? I carry on and say all that sort of shit. And again, even a, late, even more recent times, I found myself doing that when he's really, when we've really been discussing an issue that's um, pretty like raw for me or like it pushes a button or something that's really like icky for me, like the energy around it's kind of gross. That's why, where my ego mind goes to, you're criticizing me. You see how hard I'm trying to do this and that. It's never good enough for you. And even uh, even like five minutes after these conversations end and like the, the dust settles emotionally, I realized that like I was being like 
stupid. And like, I, I know, and a part of me, even during those conversations, a part of me knows that's not what he's doing. But again, ego mind, when I'm upset about something, or if it's an issue where there's still some thorny energy around it, and I'm not, I'm not as clear, and I don't have as much clarity, I get right, that part of me takes over, because it's a conditioning, it's like a, it's like this locked and loaded response that I'm so habituated to, to offer. But even in, the, even in those moments, there's a part of me that's like, I know this is not actually what's happening right now. And, but again, we can't, we really, so for the people that are doing it, we can't control people's perceptions. Like this woman, for example, after we got off that call, was she thinking, you know what, maybe she's right. You know, I got a little upset and I know she wasn't, she didn't mean anything by what she said. She was just honestly assessing, you know, thinking we weren't a fit and wanting to wish me well and find somebody Maybe I got a little upset for nothing. No, probably, maybe, but more likely she's probably thinking I'm like a gigantic bitch <laughs> that was criticizing her and that I'm mean and demeaning and whatever else she might be thinking about me. Again, was that my intention? Was I being mean? Was I being demeaning? Was I criticizing her in any way? Not even close, but I can't control if that's her perception of the conversation. I cannot do shit about that. So... It's a big part of this journey if we want to keep moving forward is we have to get comfortable with the fact that this is probably going to happen a lot. And the part of us that feels really bothered by it and is worried, oh my God, I hurt someone's feelings or we get mad that they misinterpreted us or whatever it is we're getting all bent out of shape about or someone, you know, we were trying to be nice and then this person just criticized us, ripped us a new asshole and what's their problem, whatever it is, right? We have to be able to uh, get more comfortable sitting with that discomfort and and not allowing it to to hinder us in all the ways I've talked about before that it will hinder us because unless you're some enlightened being that's probably going to happen to some degree and even if you're someone that's quote unquote more advanced in general there might be a situation around the corner that's going to touch on something really deep that you haven't really uh, been aware of or that you thought you were worked past but you realize you didn't and the shit is really going to bother you and you're going to be really bothered by someone's perception of you it's going to really bother you that people aren't seeing things your way or they're making these inaccurate judgments and assumptions about you they're misinterpreting your words or your actions i'm just trying to help and they're criticizing me and again you get all pissed off that they're not seeing things your way and again and what i always talk about with any kind of emotional response to other people we have to be willing to take ownership of it and realize, okay, it's not really about them. If it's if that if that interaction's bothering me, I have to own that. And it's like, what what was why is it bothering me? Their response. And like I said, with this woman on the phone, there was a little part of me for like a few minutes. I was a little bothered by it. again, because I'm not some enlightened being, and I was kind of like, oh, I maybe feel bad that I um, hurt her feelings, maybe, or I was thinking like she was being kind of rude to me, you know, getting kind of angry when I was just trying to be helpful. But I let it go pretty quickly because I knew that her perception of the experience, I was pretty clear on the fact that that wasn't what was actually happening. It's not like I was like, yeah, you know what? I really was being demeaning towards her and I feel really bad about that and I'm going to sit with that. And I, I did do her wrong. It's like, no, I know that's not what happened. She had a perception of it based on her filter with her own issues of self-image or whatever it is that made her feel that way, feel like that I was criticizing her approach. Or again, maybe she felt like by me saying I didn't want to work with her, maybe that triggered some kind of like rejection or feeling like there's something wrong. Again, I can't be in her head. I don't know exactly what was happening, but clearly her response showed I pushed some kind of button because again, demeaning, that's a strong word. 
to have for the, the nature of the conversation that we had. But again, that was her perception. It doesn't matter what my intention was. It doesn't matter to me how ludicrous that sounded. I was like, what? Not my demeaning. Come on now. But that's how she saw it. And I can't control that. And whatever she thinks about me now as a person can't control that either. It doesn't. And again, we have to get comfortable with this idea because this is something we're going to run into a lot. Right now, you are somebody that all of this work with LOA and you're seeing all this energetic transformation, all these wonderful changes and you're, and you're really internalizing all these new perceptions of the world. You're really seeing a, a different life for yourself. You're seeing possibilities for yourself that you never would have imagined in a million years that you would do. But then other people are going to be like, that aren't doing any of this work, that don't see all that possibility, that are still have so much fear in their mind and all these limitations and thinking, they're going to look at you and be like, what are you crazy for doing that? Or criticizing you or thinking you're wrong or irresponsible, or they're going to try to shit all over your dreams by bringing up all the possible negative things that might happen if you take that path. And again, unless you're some totally enlightened being who has dealt with all the fear in your mind and all of your own self-image issues or whatever, it's going to trigger something you are going to start setting boundaries with people maybe for example because you realize that part of your journey and part of your you know tending to your emotional health is you need to change the dynamics of some of the relationships in your life and a lot of spiritual perspectives about what it means to be you know all of these ideas about what it means to be a happy person and what constitutes healthy relationships and healthy self-image the actions that that leads to, to the uninitiated in these ways, they seem callous and uncaring and selfish. And you're going to be accused of being some of those things when you're not being that way at all. You might be doing these things not just for your benefit, but it's actually for the other person's benefit too. You're doing it out of love. They're not going to see that though. They're going to think that you're abandoning them or you're being unfair or you're being, again, selfish or whatever. And that's going to, again, it's going to bring up some stuff. And if we can't um, sit with that stuff if we can't acknowledge it if we're not willing to work through it and power on in spite of it it will stop us it will uh, at every turn it's going to thwart so many of the things that we're trying to do because we're not going to be able to sit with that discomfort of being misunderstood misinterpreted criticized wrongly people having these inaccurate assumptions all these things the mind's like oh that's so all so incredibly uncomfortable I can't deal with any of that and but the more we make peace with this idea that we cannot control other people's perceptions, no matter how carefully we curate our image on social media, or no matter how carefully we try to explain ourselves and explain our point of view and explain uh, why we made a decision, we may try to explain to somebody that this thing that they think is hurting them is actually, no, this thing I'm doing for you, I think it's actually going to be good for you. We cannot control whether or not those people are going to see things our way. And again, if there are people like most people, if they're not doing any of this sort of work, if they're not going within their own minds, if they're not taking ownership of their own feelings, they're probably not going to see it your way. <laughs> they're going to see it their way, which a part of you is, is going to push a lot of buttons in the part of you that might be unclear about what you said or what you did or are still questioning your your um questioning your choices or, you know, feeling unsure about your path or feeling still feeling confused about certain things inside, it's going to push those buttons. And when those buttons get pushed, we have to decide, okay, am I going to be with this and work through it and proceed as planned? Am I going to stick to my guns, stick to the boundaries, not um, let this situation upset me or not overanalyze it? Or am I just going to be like what the ego mind wants to do and wants to just kind of retreat back to like the status quo 
and, and not do these things that are going to maybe bring upon us unwanted criticisms and, and uh, misinterpreting our words and actions. And then, of course, not stuff that's just already happened, but then obviously a fear of it happening in the future. We have to be willing to ask ourselves, OK, I know if I do this, that's probably going to happen. And am I going to proceed anyway? And you can say no. And you could say, you know what? It's just too uncomfortable. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm worried what people are going to think if I make this choice. Most people are probably going to perceive this. The optics on this are probably not going to look good to most people. So I'm not going to do it because I don't want to deal with all of that. And that's your prerogative, right? Essentially, we can all do whatever we want. But when we're not doing things we know are right for us, because we're afraid of how our actions or words will be perceived or that they're going to be misinterpreted. And it's like not a literal barrier because our mind thinks anything that if it feels uncomfortable, that's a valid reason not to do it. It's like, well, no, I can't do it because that'll feel a little painful. I'm all about minimizing pain and suffering, not really getting rid of it, just minimizing it. So anything that will like rustle it up. Yeah, that's a no go for me that your mind thinks that's a real excuse. It's, a, it's an excuse. It's a reason you could use if you want, but it's not like a true obstacle that you literally can't do it. So when you find yourself in that position, just take ownership of the fact that you could do something, but you're not going to because you're just, you're not willing to put up with the emotional consequences that may arise should you, should you proceed. So yeah, I hope that little story I shared about my own experience today kind of helped you kind of illustrate this this point I'm talking about and seeing that like this shit is just going to happen you cannot control the perceptions before I went on to that call like I said I had the intuitive feeling that this person wasn't a fit again nothing about them personally I don't know them but I never would have anticipated the you know the actual the actual content of that call of thinking you know my my thoughts sharing my thoughts about how I go about working with people would have been such a trigger would have upset someone so much they would have interpreted it in such a way I never would have guessed that but that's life, right? You never know what's going to happen. But again, that was a, per a good example of like my intention and my intentions and in saying what I said and why I was saying what I was saying and how they were received so drastically different than my intention. Again, I can't control that because I don't know that person's inner world. I don't know what's going on in their head. I don't know their filter. And with their filter, they took, they were really offended by what I said. And they thought I was, again, demeaning them. Very strong word. And what are you going to do, right? You can't do anything about it. And I wish her well. And I hope she'll find another coach that's a good fit. And I'm not the one for her. And that's fine. Again, it's nothing personal to her. But if she were to take it personally, again, I can't control that. If someone were to take words intended to help and empower as taking them as some sort of a demeaning criticism of them, Again, right? We, we can't control it. So this is really something to really ponder today. Like where in your life do you think you're holding back because of this fear of being misinterpreted or misperceived or being judged inaccurately? And it's preventing you from moving forward. Where in your life now, maybe you've already done something that's rustled all of this up and it's kind of bothering you. You know, it's just something to think about. Be like, because you want to really... This is something you really want to think about because for a lot of people, this is going to be one of our biggest problems, um, gaining forward momentum and really moving forward in like a real way is worrying about how other people are going to perceive us, what they're going to think about us, worrying we're going to hurt people's feelings or misinterpret what we say and we're going to get criticized and it's going to cause and all this stuff, right? And the mind is just like, again, the mind that's all about minimizing, not getting rid of pain and suffering is going to be like, no, thank you to all of that. 
And like I said before, not even with anything with decisions or, you know, affecting actions in any way, but just the general idea of feeling, you know, the emotional discord you'll feel from feeling like you hurt someone's feelings or you, you're angry that they misinterpreted. That's not what I meant. And just the sheer, the emotion of it and just sitting with the experience. It's like, you don't want to do that to yourself. So know that what your intentions are and how they're perceived that's a big roll of the dice. You have no idea. Even people that you would think would understand you most in a, a given instance might totally misinterpret what you're saying. Again, if you push some kind of button within them, a button you does not know exist, a button that you do not know what will trigger that button, you have no idea how it's going to be received. And if we make peace with that, if we make peace with the idea that we can't control other people's perceptions, no matter how much we intend to, no matter how hard we might try, there's a freedom in that. And there's even greater freedom when you are willing to know that, yeah, this will probably feel uncomfortable, but I'm okay with that discomfort. I'm willing to sit with it and, you know, not let it, not let it hinder me because you know, a lot of our big issues, they're not these weird, complicated things that are in the dark recesses of our mind. I always like to say, right, emotionally speaking, we're kind of basic bitches. And one of our biggest barriers is one of the things, one of the first like LOA, personal growth, spirituality, 101 type things is in order to really do this work, you can't keep worrying about what people think about you. And you can't keep worrying about how other people are going to perceive you. Because again, the ego mind, that's all that provokes all sorts of feelings that the mind is very keen to avoid. So it will try to get you to avoid it. And then it's like, again, you can, but it's going to leave you stuck in a lot of ways. And you're going to feel very frustrated and you're going to wonder why nothing's changing and this and that. Well, when all the while, the only thing stopping you is just you and worrying what other people are going to think and how they're going to perceive your words and your actions and your choices and the path that you're taking. And we just, we don't want, we don't want any of that noise, right? So yeah, I hope you guys found this helpful and for more content products, info about my coaching, head on over to livelifemadeorder.com. Bye-bye.